Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Leicester Square Theatre. It's good to be back. Please welcome a man who is currently off his tits on Lemsip Max. It's Richard Herring. Hello, my fine friends. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, lovely to see you. Lovely to be back. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, though. I was hanging out with the surviving presenters of GB News. <laughs> it sounds like there's been an atrocity there, but I don't think that... Maybe by the time this comes out... I think it's probably just by the time this comes out, probably just... That's just Mark Dolan. Uh, Mark Dolan, a man who presented Balls of Steel and thought, no, I can still go lower. Um... <laughs> He says that only woke people call it Ralastapa. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's some, there's some woke people in tonight. Uh, it's, uh, it's lovely to be back at the Leicester Square Theatre. We've been on tour. I've been to Tunbridge Wells. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, uh, tonight in London, uh, we are directly competing with the Off Menu podcast, which is uh, at the Albert Hall. And finally, we're going to find out. Which is the most popular of the two parts? That's gonna. We're gonna find out tonight. We've got. Uh, they've got five thousand two hundred and seventy-two seats there, but we've only got four hundred. So you know, it's not a fair. It's not a fair competition. So, um, uh, but uh, you know, we we need to know what percentage each each of us has sold. They've sold out one hundred percent of their tickets. So we. Uh, <laughs> we're about sixty-seven percent here, um, but. Uh, <laughs> They're doing well. But, you know, you have to look at it because maybe their tickets are like, really cheap or something. So that, that, that's why they're twice as expensive as ours. So that's... Um, I make it £170,000 they've made uh, on the door tonight. I think that's fine. Um, what I discovered in looking at these statistics is that 1,270 seats at the Albert Hall are privately owned. It costs, you can buy a box uh, of 12 seats at the Albert's uh, Royal App Hall for uh, three million pounds. <laughs> Do they let you sleep there as well? I mean, fucking hell, it's quite good. Um, but anyway, well done to everyone who's gone to see Off Menu at the Royal Albert Hall, uh, including my ex-size bollock has gone there as well. Apparently he's, he's there, he's at the Albert Hall. 
Splitter. Um, so uh, anyway, look, it's great to be back. I, I'm wearing my uh, wedding suit. I've lost a little weight. I've lost eight kilos since I was last at the Leicester Square Theatre. I can fit back, just about fit back into my suit. Uh, we've got new chairs. Look at that. I'm worried about some of our bigger arsed guests, I have to say, <laughs> of which there are they're little uh, bucket seats, I don't know what you call them. Uh, and uh, I've got a new book, brand new book. Uh, it's got Rod Hull and Emu on it, I Am Him, uh, in tribute to the late Rod Hull, uh, who I think would be in quite a lot of trouble if, he, if he'd lived. Um, <laughs> just my personal view. Um, <laughs> I won't go any further than that. I don't know who sent... Someone sent me this in the post, but there was no note attached to it, so it's slightly creepy. But I've used it. I've used it anyway. Uh, thank you very much. So that's... It, it's lovely to be back. Lovely to be back at Les Square Look, I'm not going to mess around too much because we have a, a guest who is on his way north. Not during the podcast, hopefully, but straight away after. He's probably best known as Vlad the Imposter from Minder. That's why we're here tonight. Will you please welcome the amazing Steve Pemberton, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Pemberton. Vlad the imposter. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah, we're, I'm a little ill, so uh, Steve's avoid, av- avoiding... We haven't been kissing. We haven't been kissing as we usually would have been backstage. No. We, we, <laughs> we've avoided that. You'll be fine, you know. Probably. Uh, I think I got it off Lauren Patterson, if you want to blame anyone. Oh, really? Yeah, she was So it's being passed along. Yeah, it's been passed from guest to host to guest. It's like a beautiful... Human centipede. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's very much like that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm getting it off you. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's not very nice, though. So, uh, but we'll be fine. Um, do you remember, like, you were in Minder, but not... <laughs> when I say not the good minder, I think you were you were in the the reboot of um, the reboot. I might be unfair. I didn't see it. The reboot of the minder. reboot of minder. You know what? I'd never actually seen it, so <laughs> I can't remember much. I played Vlad the Imposter, who was some kind of mind reader. Oh. We filmed it in Tivoli Ballroom, right? Um, in, is that Brixton somewhere south? Someone knows. Um, anyway, so I had, I have allergies, um, and, you know, often have to take a a Puritan or whatever in the summer, uh, or or other medications are available, and, um, my character was in a a feather-furred coat, and I had to stroke a cat throughout the scene, (laughs) and I had to have contact lenses in, yeah. And uh, white makeup on my face, so I don't have the greatest memories <laughs> of Minder. But Shane Ritchie was the Shane George Ritchie. Cole character. Yeah. yeah, lovely, lovely chap. He's nice. I've, I like Shane. I, I used to gig with him. He, when I first started doing stand up, he was doing stand up on the circuit and was always very friendly. And the last time I saw him, I was sitting in Pretamonje in the Westfield in Shepherd's Bush. It must have been at least six and a half years ago because I haven't been there since, there since. And he came into Pret-Manger and he was like, hey, and he was all very friendly and nice, which was nice. He's remember. really friendly. Yeah. He's one of the good guys. Yeah. yeah. Is, he as good as, is he as good as George Cole in Minder, though? Um, like I say, I've not seen it, so I can't <laughs> make that comparison. <laughs> but I will tell you, you might have to cut this out, but uh, okay. when, <laughs> when, uh, when I was doing Benidorm with Wendy Richards, yes. uh, God rest her, um, I was doing a crossword, and I said, oh, you might, you might know this one, Pauline, uh, Wendy. Um, I kept calling her Pauline. And um, I said, you might know this one. Um, ran the, uh, the Queen Vic on EastEnders, um, Alfie something, four letters, and she just went, C-U-N-T. <laughs> so not the biggest fan. No, but, okay, uh, fair enough. But I liked him. Yeah, I like him, I like him too. Uh, <laughs> good. Good to see you. Look, we had... Um, let's, let's talk about Inside Number 9. I think people, some people might be interested in this show. Uh, and the last... is, hang, hang on, is this not the, the, the fantasy restaurant? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they should have got you. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> they could have had thought... it all planned. <laughs> oh, go on then. They should have got you. They should have got, got you. They've only got Ellis James. Rubbish. 
rubbish. That's the kind of guest I'd get. They could have had Steve. Could have had Steve Pemberton. They might. I, I'd asked Ed Gamble. I was on the radio with Ed Gamble yesterday, and in the in the interim, I said, "How much are you paying the guests?" And he said, "I don't get involved with all that, so I don't think they pay the guests." Okay. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Even though the 170,000 pounds a night they're making. Right. Wow. At least I've got a mug out of this. Yeah, you got a mug. <laughs> so, a mug and a nasty book from yeah. you. And a lovely poem. Um, let's talk about inside. We had uh, Reese, uh, the other guy. The one, he's not as good as. He's, not, <laughs> he's the weak link in the, in the inside number nine. Um, and I think he made me part of your little scam. The, the, the scam of the. He got very angry about people suggesting that inside number nine should be a number nine bus. Here we go. <laughs> got very angry. But then, you know, he said, I think he said, you write it, cunt, was, was, was his... <laughs> but then it appeared that you had written one on a bus, and it looked amazing. I, you know, I'm hoping you're still going to do it. Well, hope away. <laughs> <laughs> no, what had happened was, we were, we were asked in interviews sometimes, you know, do people come up and give you ideas for Inside Number 9... And um, we'd come up with this this idea that, you know, people give you a setting rather than an idea. Yeah. They say, you know, uh, well, what about a bus, number nine bus? There you go, yeah. do that. And then, what happens, cunt? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we talked, we talked uh, about this and then Reese did, mentioned it on your, on your podcast, this podcast. And um, that was the last we thought of it. It, right. wasn't a, it wasn't a plant. Okay. And then we came up with the idea of doing... We wanted to do an episode of Inside Number 9 that people wouldn't realise was an episode of Inside Number 9. Yeah. So it looked like another type of show. We landed on a game show, a quiz show. And uh, we thought, wouldn't it be great if this quiz show just appeared in the schedules and uh, people had no idea it was Inside Number 9 and until it got about three quarters of the way through and it all went a bit weird. Um, now, the BBC wouldn't allow us to do that. Uh, they wouldn't have an exploding head appear <laughs> at 6.30 in the afternoon without any warning whatsoever. <laughs> so they said, you've got to do it as part of your series. Oh, so we yeah, thought, well, the only way of doing that is to kind of have a kind of camouflage, a fake episode that we hide yeah. um, the quiz show behind. And so we just went, it's got to be the bus one. <laughs> the fans will love it. <laughs> and um, the, the, the thing is, no one ever asked for a bus episode. That was just the example we gave. Yeah, and so yeah. suddenly fans were like, oh, finally they're doing our episodes. <laughs> our bus episodes. <laughs> you never wanted the bus episode in the first place. We started it. <laughs> and so we, we took these photographs. We got Robin Asquith involved. Came over from Malta. Wow. Where he lives, or Gozo, I should say. And um, we got, we got uh, an authentic 70s bus. We got all the costumes and everything. We even took... Uh, we, our second assistant director was there, and I said, will you please take some photos of us as if you're a fan taking uh, photos <laughs> from across the road? Yeah. And I put it out on Twitter. On, uh, one of my daughter's friends at university put it out on Twitter. Uh, so we, we kind of... And we shot some scenes, mock scenes for the trailer. So the trailer went out, everyone was very excited about this bus episode, and then it was pulled at the last minute <laughs> for three by three. Yeah, which was, again, was a, we got Lee Mack coming on as a guest uh, in a couple of weeks, so we'll doubtless talk to him about Great. it. Great. Uh, but he was, he was terrific. I mean, it's the, it's the first episode that neither of you or Reese has uh, been in, right? That's, That's the, right, yeah. Uh, were you, are you always in, you haven't always both been in all of them, but one of you's been in all In the first series, I said, because I was really keen when it started... In fact, I think we talked about this the last time I was on, yep. which was... A long time ago. A long time ago. We, we were Episode just... 11. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think exactly, uh, almost exactly 11 years ago. Okay, Inside so... Inside Umbrella. We, I, I was worried. You know, sometimes people do these kind of shows and it's like, I'm playing a different character every week. Look at me. Look what different wig I've got. Look what different voice I can do. And it can be a little bit like a sort of vanity project. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be the Stephen Reese vanity project. I wanted it to be focused on the stories. So I said it'd be great if I wasn't in one and you weren't in one. Yeah. And we tried that and the fans didn't like it. They said, <laughs> we like it when you're in it together. Yeah. And we were, yeah, why are we not paying ourselves? It's our show. <laughs> so from that point on, we've been in every episode. Yeah. So it's only series one. I, I dipped out of one and Reese dipped out of one. Okay, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, and Lee was like incredible. I mean, it did... You know, I think, like, if anyone was tuned in, they might think, okay, it's called 3 by 3 there's a little clue. 
Uh, and, you know, this is a bit weird for a new new show just to be on instead of Inside Number 9. But it, it fooled quite a lot of people because Lee, Lee did a fantastic job of... He the, was amazing, yeah. yeah. So what we did is we got... Um, we, we'd written the script. We, we didn't know who the host was going to be, so we didn't know whose style to write it in. So it could have gone down the, the route of being quite a sort of Xander Armstrong-y, yes. you know, that kind of smooth... <laughs> Um, chappy, or it could have been quite a sarcastic uh, comedian presenter. We we weren't sure, but we we'd written the structure of it, and we said to Lee, "Do what you want with it. You know, you've got to ask these questions, but you do it as you would want to do your own game show." Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely brilliant. And he said, "Right, well, the first thing is, don't tell me anything about the contestants. I don't want to rehearse with them." Um, he'd met them all backstage, but he didn't know anything that they were going to say. Right. And we, I did research chats, because I've done a few quiz shows, as have you. Yes. And uh, we've never come up against each Not other. Not yet. Not yet. House of Games, champion of champion of champions. Champion of champions. <laughs> Are you champion of champions? I'm a champion of champions, yeah. Are you? Yeah. They've asked me to do champion of champions. <laughs> But then why would you put yourself in the position of walking away a loser if you're already a champion? Because I was confident that I was Were you? I'm confident. I'm confident I can do champion of champions. As long as Angela Barnes isn't on, I'm confident I can. Okay. <laughs> champion of champion of champions. Well, I'm not even champion of champions, so yeah. I'm not at your level. Anyway, so I knew in quiz shows they ring up and do a, a little um, research chat with the contestants beforehand. Yeah. And that's what I did with all, all the actors who came in playing the contestants. And I got some personal information that might, we might be able to use as part of their characters. And Lee just ran with it. And, and he, made, you know, he made it his own, absolutely. Yeah. And were people genuinely fooled, fooled by it? You know, did, did it upset yeah, people? Yeah, some people yeah. were. Yeah, I mean, there was a headline, if, if you read the fucking Daily Mail online, whatever it's called. Um, viewers complain as uh, contestants' head explodes in Lee McQuish show. That was a genuine headline. We were worried some poor old dear might sort of fall yeah. over and, uh, and have a heart attack, but I don't believe that happened. No. Uh, no one was uh, maimed or killed in the making of this show. Uh, yes, yeah, some people did fall for it, and a lot of people really enjoyed playing the episode to friends, relatives, family, and saying, you know, oh, there's this new quiz show, why don't we watch it tonight? It's on iPlayer, without telling them the context of it, yeah. so... Well, it was it was a, it was a, the whole series was terrific. I have to say, I really enjoyed, I especially enjoyed the kind of gruesome uh, final episode, uh, which uh, which uh, I think you know you don't want to discuss them too much because you don't want to do, don't want to spoil people who haven't haven't seen it yet. But there are going to be. So I thought I thought that was the I thought you'd finished with the last series. So I'm delighted to hear there are going to be some at least. One, yep. a ninth series. A ninth series. We we just thought inside number nine. It's got to be nine series, and then yeah. we'll we'll bow out. So um, yeah, we're we're filming that to, at the end of this year and the beginning of next year. Okay. And have you taken my idea that I gave to Reese of doing one actually inside a giant number nine? Like a just <laughs> so you're all inside a number nine. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that we've taken because that I know idea you. Rumble. I know you love to get suggestions. Now <laughs> that's my that's my suggestion. Uh, I'd like to ask you, you know, there's a lot of episodes, I would like to ask you, what do you consider to be the most median average episode? <laughs> Where, what would you put right in the middle of all the episodes you've done? Right in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. Well, wasn't that... the greatest one, but it wasn't one of the shitty ones. <laughs> it, was one, it was one of the, it was all right. Which one was Well, that? I think even the median <laughs> one would be really good. Yeah, I, no, I agree, I, 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 I agree. I did. I think when we get right down to the tail, you know, there's a few that are, are, are just dog shit. But definitely in the middle, <laughs> they're, they're all they're all very good. Now, listen, I, I'm assuming Reese won't listen to this because I I have actually ranked. Um, I've spent some time this week ranking, and um, so I do have. Yep. Yep. Out of 49, so if, can you tell me, Mr. Champion of Champion of Champions, <laughs> what number I should be looking for? I mean, for? I guess we're looking at about 20, right? 21? 21. How is he fucking one champion of champion of champions? Out of 40? 20? Out of 40, out of 40 how many? 49 so Oh, 49, far. I thought you said 40. Yeah, 24, 24, 25. 49 so far. So, 10. I'm ill. 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Wow, it's... Kidnap! Okay, 
Kidnap was an episode in series six. Really good. It's all split screen. Danny Mays is in it. Oh, yes, Daisy Haggard's good. in it. Wow, that's the, that's the one Isaacs. in the middle. That's a great one. Yeah, that's well, in my that's middle, saying, though. Yeah. Obviously, the ones at the top are the ones where I'm playing all the main characters. Yes. <laughs> They're all my ideas. <laughs> and the ones at the bottom are... Well, I wasn't going to ask you which not was... Not my ideas. I wasn't going to ask you, but now you've got the list. What is, what's, you've got to tell us top and bottom as well now. <sighs> now there's a list there. Well, no, you're going to get me in trouble because <laughs> the top is the 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah, that's my least favourite. Well, that's my, that's my bottom. That's your bottom? Yeah. I'll tell you what it was with that one, and Reese and I are not in that episode very much, and no. that's why Reese hates it, or pretends to hate it. <laughs> he doesn't really hate it, but um, it was not so much the, so the writing of it. It's not that funny. No. I, you know, so I can see why you might not like it. But the reaction we got when it went out, we got letters from people saying it had really helped them come to terms with a loss they'd had, and it just really moved me and touched me how, what, a, what a connection that episode had made. So, yeah. I've, I've put that top for that yeah, reason. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good episode. I'm, okay. I'm being slightly, only slightly facetious. <laughs> I, but, you know, they are, they, they, I think they are great when you're in them, but they, they are all good. They are all... I'm trying to think of a, a bad one. Go on. I didn't really like the, the, the Theatro dell'arte arte Did one. you not? No, I didn't really like that one. Wuthering Heist. You, you've got that. gasps from this audience. Gasps. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Did you not even like the kind of the, the, the puns that my doctor character says um, when he says, you know, um, we, we went away together, Chicago, no, she was in first class. <laughs> that type of thing. No, I'm laughing at it now, but no, I didn't like it. <laughs> well, you're wrong, Richard. Uh, do you want me to tell you where that comes in yeah, my list? Let's, let's put that... It's, it's, quite, it's 14th. Okay. So that's pretty, pretty good. No, I love that one. And what that one was all about, really, was, you know, inside number nine, it's meant to be surprising. It's meant to yeah. shock you. And then we do so many episodes where someone's a ghost and someone's dead and you thought they were dead, but they're not dead. And then you go, right, what have we not done? Yeah. What's going to really surprise people? <laughs> True. And so we thought, let's dig into a bit of Commedia dell'arte. Yeah, you're right. They're all good. Uh, and it is, you know, when you watch that, we watched the Twilight Zone, like, from start to finish, pretty much. I think we didn't quite get through every single one, but we bought all the box sets, so it's still DVD time. Yeah. And those get very... Those get to... They basically fall into three categories. It's either an alien or a ghost or the devil. And that's, yeah. that's, basically, <laughs> that's basically the twist in everyone. And they're still, they're still really good. But there is, there is a, lot more, uh, there's a lot more variety and surprise, it has to be said, uh, in, inside Number 9. I'm, 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 I'm delighted. It's about, I, I think uh, Cheese and Crackers is my favourite uh, favorite episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I love that one. And um, not only did... Uh, well, again, Reese is going to be cross with me, but um, <laughs> not only did, did, did I... Uh, very fortunately, win the BAFTA for, that's right, for that, that episode. That's true. Um, that's true. Therefore, proving once and for all um, who the best performer is. Yeah. Um, I got two other jobs off the back of that because of that wig. <laughs> um, I someone someone was watching that episode and uh, thought, oh, he looks a bit like Tony Martin. You know, the guy, the farmer who shot the burglar. Oh yeah. <laughs> he looks a bit like Tony Martin. We'll have him. We'll build a little Tony Martin thing, and yeah. and, and I did that. And then I did this film uh, last year in Melbourne where I played um, Robbie Williams' dad. Yes. And um, yeah, I know. Bizarre. And uh, it's called Better Man. It'll be out next year. And the director was told by someone else in the cast, you've got to see this guy. Watch this episode. <laughs> and he put that episode on for him in the casting room. And he went, yeah, you're right. And he offered me the part. Wow. So that's why it's my favourite episode. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's a great episode as well, but it's good. Anything that makes Reese unhappy makes me happy. <laughs> because not that I wanted to be happy, unhappy. It's just it's funny when he's unhappy. He loves being a little bit grouchy. <laughs> he does. But it, it, with that episode, very often with Inside Number Nine, we don't decide how we're going to cast it. Right. You know, we'll read it both ways, and we've got one in the next series, and we both have a part that we want to play, and it's a two-hander. Right. You know, and they're both really good parts, um, but we, we don't always know which way around we're going to cast it, and that is a perfect example. Bernie Clifton's dressing room. It would have been, I think more natural for Reese to play the kind of funny character. He's very funny physically. He could do all of that comedy. And I would have been the one getting a little bit exasperated with him. But we decided to switch it round. And it was a very definite choice. And I won the BAFTA for it. 
Rightly so. Well deserved. I won it for both of us. <laughs> but you keep it, right? You, you keep it in your house. I think I should play John Burko if, if anyone's any producer. I think I, I think yes. I, I look, and I'm the right height. Yeah, I think I could be that, and I think I could do it. I got close to playing, and you play. What you played this character it was it was it wasn't in the one I got uh, the um, Bill Grundy. I got close. You played Bill Grundy. Oh yes, I did. I, I got close. Well, I got to say I got close. I got I was got an audition to do Bill Grundy in the new Pistols thing, and then they didn't bother auditioning because they'd already got the actor Kevin Eldon to do it. But of course, I would have been. I I really practiced, and I thought I can do this. I'm going to be good at being. Yeah. But uh, Bill Grundy. But yeah, you've done it as well. What was that? What was that? What, that was one of the Sky Arts urban myths, oh, right. and yeah, it was yeah. just about the reaction to that show going out. Yes. Because not only did we recreate the interview. Um, and it was brilliant recreating something frame for frame. Yeah, so you, yeah. you, you looked exactly what the intonation was, where he crossed his legs and um, all of that. But what happened afterwards was there were so many complaints, um, the complaints got rerouted through the BBC switchboard and they, were, they went to the green room. So the phone started ringing in the green room where the sex pistols were all sitting. And they were answering these, uh, these phone calls and saying, you know, go and shove the fat end of a pineapple up your thumbs or whatever. <laughs> and really rude to these people, so it added to the, uh, the whole atmosphere of... Uh, yeah. What was it called? The, the Something on the Damned? Uh, the Filth and the Fury. The Filth and the Fury. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, look, there, there is, there's lots we didn't talk about uh, last time. I was listening to... Um, I don't really want to talk too much about the League of Gentlemen because we've talked about it, but I was quite interested in that period... There's a little... I'm very fascinated, and I've mentioned this in the Robert Bathurst interview, which comes right before this one. I'm fascinated by uh, Paul McCartney coming back from uh, Hamburg and going to work in his, the factory he worked in, and he was offered a promotion to middle management, and the Beatles weren't doing anything for a year or so. And then John Lennon came and said, oh, we're, we're doing some gigs at the Cavern, do you want to come down? And he had to choose between getting a good job and a proper career and going and play at the Cavern. And... That's a kind of... I don't know if you've seen... Have you ever seen the film Sliding Doors? It's a bit like, it's a bit like, it's a bit like that. I okay. haven't, no, but I know you, the concept. Don't... I'd say don't watch it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, really bad. But uh, uh, it's one of the worst films there's ever been. Um, I, I, you know, I would like to live in the universe where that film had never been made. I, I can't imagine what it'd be like. But if, if Paul McCartney had made that decision, you know, it would have been very different. And I, what I was surprised about League of Gentlemen was there was quite a little gap between, you know, I know you've all been to college together at Bretton Hall, right? Yeah. And I sort of assumed you all came out there, but there was a few years where you were all just trying to make it as actors individually. Yeah, trying. I mean, God, uh, it's very hard. I mean, the, the first thing that happened when I left uh, college was um, I bought a copy of the stage and looked at the back at the stage, and there was one job for touring round uh, children's uh, theatre in Germany, right. touring round schools. And uh, it said, send photo and CV. And I thought, what does it mean, send photo? So I just went down to Boots, got these three copies of a photo of me on holiday in Tunisia <laughs> with a palm tree behind me. Three, I thought, you know, I'm going to splash out here. And, uh, and I said, no, I didn't have a clue that you're meant to have some really nice glossy 10 by 8 picture. Um, and I could speak German and I could drive. And so these were the three things, speak German, drive and, and act. And uh, I could speak German, I could, I could drive. I didn't get the job. Right. Uh, someone obviously dropped out or got a better job at the last minute because um, I remember I was in Yorkshire. We'd just left Bretton Hall. Our house... Not only had no central heating, it had no phone, of course. Yeah. This is back in the olden days, 1989. And um, so I used to go and ring my mum from a phone box. And she said, oh, my God, Stephen, thank God you've rung. You got that job in Germany. <laughs> and he wants, he wants you to ring him back, but he's, he can't get in touch with you. She speaks like that. Mom. Yeah, good. And um, I was wondering. she said, so I've told him, if you're there on Sunday at five o'clock at the phone box, I've given him the number... <laughs> This is Flockton in West Yorkshire. So that's, this is how I secured the job. I had to go with, with a big pile of two peas and ten peas. And, um, and yeah, he phoned me and said, yeah, come over. You can drive. You can speak German. Fuck whether you can act or not. And um, so that was my first job. Amazing. And then I came back and uh, moved to London and... Um, I, I went down all the temp agencies on Oxford Street. I didn't want to do bar work and I didn't want to do uh, restaurant work. 
Uh, I want. I was more of an office body, you know. So yeah. I got a job uh, filing, and um, it was for Variety newspaper. Um, and so because I was just making teas and, and, and delivering faxes, this tells you how long ago it is, <laughs> I was delivering faxes to people's desks <laughs> that had come out of the machine. And I would just drop in, oh, I've seen that film, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And they, they really liked me there, and they kept giving me more and more work. So I stayed there for about 10 years right. while we were developing um, The League of Gentlemen. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you know, that's. Do you think? And you know, I've I've heard you in another podcast saying that you know you think if the four of you hadn't met at that college, that you're not sure any of you would have gone on to be successful necessarily. Yeah, I, was, I do believe that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think maybe Mark. Mark had a bit more kind of grit about him. He he had his eye on 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 the prize. Um, a bit more, he was a bit more organised. He wasn't going in boots, getting a picture of himself. <laughs> but um, it was just that synchronicity of, yeah. of, of the, the three of us meeting and then Jeremy being at Leeds Uni. And um, yeah, so it was, I I'm, I'm feel blessed every day that, that I chose to go there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I, think, I don't think we talked about this last time, but the, the first time you went to Edinburgh, you just was self-funded and no one knew. You'd been working this show up at the Canal Cafe Theatre. I saw you at the Canal Cafe Theatre, but I think it was after you'd had some Edinburgh success. Um, and, uh, you know, you got three people at your, your first gig. Yep. Two of them were the stage management team. <laughs> we said, please, will you sit out front? And um, one of them was um, the man in the mirror from... Uh, 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 I can't remember the name of the film now. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Uh, what's the man in the mirror with Ian Hendry? Anyway, he was a very uh, Mark was very excited. Yeah. He was an iconic <laughs> horror actor. He'd wandered in and and watched it. Um, but we had three people, and the next day we had five, and then we had ten, and then we got a review in the Scotsman, and yeah. it, was, it was pretty good, uh, four stars. And uh, from that point on, we were sold out. It's, I think that I wonder if it, that could happen. In Edinburgh now, I don't, you know, I don't know whether that's. It is one of those things where, like, you could go to Edinburgh, nobody knows who you are, who you are at the start, and by the end, you know, you're getting you're getting phone yeah. calls and 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 job. You got you got some you got on the, you got on the last Smith and Jones as a result of that, right? Is that, that I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Griffiths <laughs> Jones came to see the show, and we were beside ourselves when he came to see it, and uh, and then I got offered a sketch in uh, in the last Smith and Jones, yeah. It was cut out of the program. <laughs> never mind, I did it. I filmed it. Griff Reese Jones came to my play that year, Punk's Not Dead, uh, and there was a line in the in again back to back to the Sex Pistols. It was a play about the, some people going to see some fans going to see the Sex Pistols at Finsbury Park, uh, and one and Paul Putner had come dressed up in uh, sort of Mohican and everything, and I was going, "You look pathetic, you look like a Mel Smith punk," <laughs> <laughs> which was our short shorthand for a bad punk in a sketch show, you know, and. Uh, yeah. And Griffiths Jones, all he said to me is, I'm going to tell Mel about that. <laughs> that was all. That was, I'm, he didn't offer me any work. So. No. We oh. remembered an episode of uh, Terry and June where June Whitfield was a punk. If, <laughs> yeah. if you can find that, I think that will obliterate your Mel Smith punk. Uh, I, had, I don't think it's fair because I've seen Not That O'Clock News since and it isn't, it, it, Mel Smith never dressed like that So as right. far as I've seen. So we just, it was a thing that me and Stu were obsessed with the, the idea of the Mel Smith punk. May he rest in peace. It's a memory cheat. It is, yeah. We had it, we had it with the League of Gentlemen. We were watching, um, we were on tour and we decided to get a tour bus. We watched a lot of uh, DVDs. We were just talking about uh, Who Done It with John Pertwee yeah. from the 1970s. And we'd all had this memory of watching Armchair Thriller. Now, I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember Armchair Thriller. The opening titles with the shadow with the hands moving down the yes, thing. Yeah. And we were all totally convinced there was an episode um, where uh, one of the characters received a box of chocolates and they opened up the box of chocolates and ate one and it was dog shit. <laughs> and someone had kidnapped a dog and sent the dog shit as, as chocolates. <laughs> and one of us mentioned it, and then all three were like, yeah, I remember that. It was absolutely brilliant. Let's, let's get the DVD and watch it. <laughs> we watched it. No such thing happened. Nowhere near. Wow. So do you think it Memory was... Memory cheat. Do you think it was a different show? Or do you think it was... You kind of all made up the same idea. But... No, I, I, I don't know. I just remember... There was a scene with some chocolates, yeah. but they were just chocolates. Okay. They weren't dog shit. Maybe they, maybe they secretly were dog shit. Maybe they changed it. <laughs> maybe it's an alternate universe. <laughs> it could be. It could be. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right, I want to talk to you. This is something else. This is quite obscure piece of information I found out about you. You were once accused of stealing chewits in Chorley. <laughs> Wrongly accused. You yeah. claim, you claim. Yeah, yeah. I would Wrongly like to know more accused. about this story. Um, well, I can't say too much. I've just sold the film rights <laughs> <laughs> to the Chewits and Chorley story. Yeah. Okay. But I was, I mean, you know, uh, we lived on a, on a sort of quite middle-class estate, but um, when you're sort of 11, 12, kids just want to go and be mischievous and they like to do knock-a-door run and that sort of thing. I hated all of that. I did it, but I really didn't like it. Right. I didn't enjoy it. So the idea that I would shoplift, no, I would never, ever do that. So I'd, I'd been to, um, I think it was R.S. McColl. I'd paid for my chewits, walked out, was chewing one, yeah. and this, the man comes running out of the shop. Hey, you, you're not paid for them. There were probably about 4p in those days. Yeah. And um, I absolutely went, I remember going bright red, and my friend, uh, Stephen, his dad was a policeman, so I, I actually got him. I said, go and tell your dad. <laughs> go and get your dad, I've been accused. And uh, he came down and, and he vouched for my good character and I got to keep the chewets. Wow. <laughs> Scarred you, though, a little bit, hasn't it? It's, it's, you still it has. remember it. You still it has. It. But you know when you know you haven't done something yeah. and you're accused. Oh. I had a thing where, uh, this is when I was in the sixth form, so I was maybe a bit older than you, but like I'd noted there was a... There was a Tuck shop in this in the sixth form where you could buy sweets and stuff, and a, a dinner lady ran it, and she wasn't paying attention, and so I thought I would show her how bad her attention was, so I took a Twix and put it behind my back, and my plan was to go, I could have stolen that <laughs> and put it back, but the, unfortunately another dinner lady came up behind me <laughs> and uh, thought I was stealing it, and I was the headmaster's son. Ooh. So she was re- she was really out to get me, and years after my dad says that dinner lady still says you stole that Twix, <laughs> and I say, look, I would if I'd stole if I was stealing, I would definitely admit it. I've been so honest about everything, but she still thinks I stole it. I hope she's dead. <laughs> I, hope she's, I hope she's dead now. <laughs> I'm gonna go and smash a Twix in her grave <laughs> that I've stolen. <laughs> Um, there's, a, there's a job you've done that I am uh, very envious of. Not only Bill Grundy, you've, you've lived the life that I would love to lead. Um, death in Paradise, you've done, you've done the Death in Paradise. I've done a Death in Paradise, yeah. Um, I was working on Wurzel Gummidge with oh, my friend well. Rosie Cavaliero, yeah. and she was talking about it, and I was saying, I don't know what to do for, uh, for a holiday. You know, have you got any good ideas to go with a family? And she said, well, last year... We all ended up going to Guadeloupe. I got this job, <laughs> yeah. took the family out. They go swimming with the turtles. You have to do a little bit of sitting on a veranda, uh, looking guilty. <laughs> um, and then within a week, I was offered it. Right. And it was, uh, it was Ralph Little's first episode as, oh, yes. as the detective. I've watched every single episode of Death. Have uh, you? Well, I've been in the room when they've been on. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I put it on and I do other stuff, but I've, I've watched every episode. Have you ranked there. them? I, have, I haven't. Yeah. And I haven't wanked over them yeah. either. No. But if I was going to, Ralph Little would definitely be top. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, uh, 
I kind of said to my family, look, let's all... I mean, that, so I spent all my wages yeah. taking my family to Guadeloupe. But yeah, we had a lovely time. It's, I, what I like about your career is you, you, you know, it is, it's because you've been in things like Killing Eve as well, which is, you know, most people, I don't know how many people have Killing Eve and Death in Paradise on their, on their CV. Mm, I don't know the answer no. to that. Um, is Coma been in it? I don't think so. She might, she might have been in the early uh, days, maybe. The early days could have been. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it feels like you, you know, that you, you enjoy all different types of job. So you do theatre, you do TV, but like it is, you know, you will take on a role that other people might say, oh, well, you know, I've been in Killing Eve, I'm not going to do Death Oh, yeah, definitely. Because sometimes um, you just want to go and work with nice people yep. that, that you know. So recently I, there's a sitcom being on called The Power of Parker. I don't know if anyone's caught that. And um, that had Rosie Cavallero, Sean Gibson, yeah. uh, Conleth Hill and Sheila Reid all of whom I'd worked with and all of whom had been in Inside Number 9. And so Rosie sent me this picture of them with, outside a door with a nine on it. And uh, I was like, oh, you, I'm so jealous. What are you filming? <laughs> Two days later, I got offered a job in it. <laughs> it wasn't a big part. And I went, yeah, that would be, be nice to go and catch up with those guys. Yeah. So I stuck a moustache on and did it. <laughs> but is that, that must be also when you, when you started out. And like, like you say, you're like very sort of naive as a young actor as, as to what the business was but you know knowing that you wanted to be an actor right more probably more than more than a comedian or a writer yeah so it, you know yeah. it's 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 sort of you know to reach this point where you're you know you, you're getting the pick of the roles and you're doing exciting theater yeah i mean i love what i love is the variety yeah uh and i love i love the fact that you can be doing theater and tv that you can be doing drama and comedy and um you know, most of what I've done. There's been about two jobs I've done. You've mentioned one of them, Minder, which I've just thought, do you know what? I've had a quiet couple of weeks or a couple of months, I should say. Um, I've been off this. It looks quite fun. I'll do it. Yeah. But it, I didn't really care that much about no. it. No. But also doing Minder is like, there's a, again, for you, you and I grew up, have very similar references. And the idea of just even being in an episode of Minder and saying, I was, even if it's not the original Minder, you go, yeah. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been very, very lucky with, with the variety of stuff I've, I've been doing. So sure. long may it continue. For sure, for sure. Um, and um, let me ask you an emergency question. I've left my emergency question book backstage. Okay. So this is I've, a real uh, emergency. I've got some, I've got some up here. Okay. Is it still all sparkling water? <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what, who is the most famous celebrity that you've got into a lift with that you didn't get into the lift with? It's a Repeat simple question. the question. Who's the most famous celebrity you've been in a lift with yeah. that you didn't get into the lift, that you, like, you weren't with? when? You oh, were? right. Okay, I get you now. We went to a party and Fiona Bruce got into the wow, lift. Wow, that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah, not popular with the audience. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a hard job, though. You've got to say it's a hard job she has. I like her Antiques Roadshow version. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah. I like. She should stick to She's that. She's a classy lady. She is classy. She's very good. That's a good answer. Um, and uh, if you... Because the thing with... Steve, you were on episode 11. I know exactly what questions I asked you already. <laughs> there were the four emergency questions I had on episode 11. And now I've got like 10,000 emergency have questions. Yeah. I remember one of them. <laughs> yes. Have you, have you managed to do it in the interim? <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking of a different one. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, all the, if all the art galleries and museums in the world got together and said, we're big fans of Inside Number 9 and we would like to give you one artefact or painting or artwork from all of the museums and you could keep it. Is there something you would like to have? That's Inside Number 9 related? No, it yeah. can be anything in the world. That anything? Is there anything from any museum or art gallery? Is there anything you would like to own that if, if they were oh, going to keep it? Oh, wow. What an interesting question. I, I, the, the, well, I've got a reproduction in my hallway of the Great Bear, which is, you know, the tube station, oh, where yes. they've replaced every line with a different theme. So actors cross with kings, cross yes. with explorers. But I've already got a version of that. Yeah. It wouldn't do me that much good having... Uh, the original. The original, not really. It, can't, it can only be worth about 250 quid, the original of well, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it for the, for the money, no, Richard, Okay, fair know. enough. 
Um, what would I most like to... I, I'd quite like The Thinker. Yeah, that yeah. Would, that's, a, that's a solid choice. That's, it was it's a big the, chunk of it's stone. It's a big chunk. Doing the Brucey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that when you're sitting, pondering, and you're writing, I think I could draw inspiration from that. Have you got a place in your head? I don't know how big. It's pretty big, right? There's one at the... It's going in the garden next to yeah. the trampoline. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about um, your theatre work. Um, I saw you being... I, I, I want to talk about uh, Pillow Man, but I also want to talk about when you were on this morning being interviewed by <laughs> Dermot and Alison <laughs> about being on that. What was that experience like? Yeah. Can we talk about that experience? You, with, you and Lily were interviewed by... By Alison by, and By Dermot, who I think knew a lot. Dermot, who I've been interviewed by recently, and I think is excellent. He really researches stuff well. Yeah. And Alison, who I don't think had any idea who you were... <laughs> No, no, she didn't really. She said, she said, it's a brand new play. Well, no, it's 20 years old. It's called The Pillar Game. That's a musical from the, the 60s. Um, and, and it finished last week. Um, no, everything she said was pretty much wrong. And I think, did she call our show Inside 99 or something? Inside, inside, inside number 10. Inside number 10. <laughs> Which is like... Is a good idea. You could move on to that next. Yeah, well, yeah. We could. <laughs> uh, nothing's that funny. Um, yeah, so uh, she's lovely. Yeah, she is I'm lovely. not knocking her, no. and she has a lot, a lot on her plate. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they'd just been doing this cooking, and Lily got very excited, so they, they plated all this food up for us. Um, anyway, they came and took a little photo, and then um, that photo went on Twitter, and someone went, oh, my God, when I saw this, I thought they were doing uh, the, this morning sh- uh, story with Phil and Holly, because she had blonde hair. Yeah, right. Uh, I looked like a shoe-in for, uh, for Philip. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then uh, it's been in the papers that they are considering doing a, right. the Phil and Holly story, taking yeah. in recent events. And I'm like six to one uh, second favourite. <laughs> I can see it. Behind Michael Sheen. <laughs> nice work if you can get it. I think that'd be good. You and Lily would be great. You'd be great. Listen, I'm available. Okay, good. Well, I'll, I'll try. I'll try and write it. What was so, so Lily Allen? That was was that her first major theatre acting role? She's done some acting before, right? She, she's done a couple of things. It was her second. Second. Yeah. No, she'd done the twenty. Two twenty-two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, she had. Yeah. Um, so she she'd had a lot of success with that. She was nominated for an Olivier Award, uh, but this was a huge role, and it's normally done by a, a, a male actor. Yeah. Um, so it was originally scheduled for 2020, and they had Aaron Taylor-Johnson uh, penciled in to do it. Then COVID happened, everything got wiped away. And, um, and they offered it to Lily. And I was thinking, wow, that's a bit of a change. But it really, it had a big impact on the play, because it's all yeah. about torture, it's all about these two policemen brutally interrogating uh, this writer... And um, as soon as Paul Kay was in it uh, and he kicked her off the chair and the audience were just like, oh, you know, there was a massive gasp. Whereas Aaron Taylor-Johnson, he'd have just been like, fucking, what are you doing? <laughs> he'd have pushed us on the floor. So um, it would have been very different. But yeah, Lily was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Is there any chance of that coming back? Because it, it sounds like it was an amazing production. It was, it was really successful, sold out all the shows, but no, I don't believe no. so. No. I think I'd like to get Lily Allen on on this if you can give me. Uh, oh, she'll do it. There's one emergency question. I think I'd better not ask her though. But uh, <laughs> but apart from that, okay, the mind boggles. Yeah, no. Oh, she'd do it. <laughs> yeah, she'd be good. She's done off menu. Yeah, has she? Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't, Richard. Uh, have I've you done, not? I've done this twice. Yeah, that's true. true. You know. You should do off menu. It's good fun. I got I got into trouble when I did off menu because I I uh, sort of did it slightly facetiously and uh, but I also I did, it was during COVID so like I was introduced they it was a special one for COVID and they they introduced it like I was a fan a fan who'd won a competition to do it <laughs> and so I think a lot of people genuinely thought I was and I'd misunderstood I was I wanted like four and twenty blackbirds in a pie and stuff I wanted like because I got a genie I want like magical food that I can't yeah get why anymore. not. Um, and actually, Sean Clifford. I did a I did a film with Sean Clifford, who's the in Fleabag and lots of mm-hmm. other things. And I think she genuinely thought I was a, a fan that won a competition, <laughs> maybe to be in the film as well, because I wasn't a very big part. Uh, so, so yeah, go on and take the piss. 
and uh, okay. you'll be good. What would you? What? What? Uh, I'm not wasting what, all my ideas you, on this. They won't you, ask pa- me. Papa Dom's or bread? Which would you? Uh, less? <laughs> if I start asking that, maybe I'll get five thousand people in. <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, so look, you, you're off to you're off to to do a, you said a, a job that sounds very interesting about uh, doing a. a Sort of yeah, it's, it's a series called The Read, and it's on BBC4. I think at the moment they've got Christopher Eccleston doing a, a kestrel for a knave. And it's basically a bit like an adult jackanory. So um, it's just one actor telling, uh, telling a book. Um, and I'm doing... Well, maybe I shouldn't say. Should I say? I don't know. Say. Just say it. See, say. This isn't going to go out for ages. <laughs> Everyone will keep it secret, right? I mean, I think even if there's a journalist in, this is too boring for them to write. <laughs> I genuinely think, Steve Pemberton is trying... <laughs> We're going to spoil this for everyone. Okay, well, I'm doing... We're going on a bear hunt. Um... <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm doing, I'm doing a, a, a very well-regarded uh, book, and it's written in the first person, so it'll be like an hour-long monologue. So if anyone likes looking at my face for one hour... Thank you. <laughs> One person. <laughs> they have just been looking at your face for the, for the last hour, as um, you said. Then that'll be on BBC4 next year. Cool. Well, that's very exciting. There are some other things coming up, and some of them we can talk about, some of them we can't. Um, but some people might know what one of them is, uh, but uh, we can't talk about it. Um, uh, I, but the thing I read as well, and we did brief talk about this backstage, but I, I was very surprised to read in the Daily Mirror as I was researching that when you were 25 years old in Germany, you had a heart attack, is what the Daily Mirror said. Yes, that's what the Daily Mirror said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have this weird thing. I was so I did this job, as I said, touring Germany with, with schools, and then I came back from that, and then two or three years later, Reese did it. Um, and he was playing the same part that I'd played in Neighbours with Long Teeth. So if you imagine Ollie Plimsolls writing children's (laughs) theatre, that's pretty much what we did. So Neighbours with Long Teeth, the vampires live next door, and the family is saying, you can't date a vampire, they're different from us. (laughs) They have different ways. Um, So I came... So the actor Reese was doing it with got ill, broke his leg or something, and they asked me to come back and play the dad. So I was playing Reese's dad. Anyway, while we were there, I got... I just got ill. I just felt a tight chest. um, And I said... We were setting the setup, and I said to the teachers... um, the sort of hair lips who come round with their... uh, (laughs) With the cakes. Would you like some cakes? Um... I said, I wouldn't mind seeing a doctor after we've, after we've done the show. Uh, so we did two shows. I went to see the doctor, and they wired me up, and he said, I cannot tell you there is nothing wrong with your heart. <laughs> and uh, I said, what, what, what do you mean? They can't tell me there is nothing wrong with it. He said, he sent me to the hospital. And they, they said, all the readings were that I'd had a myocardial infarction, that something had happened. But they couldn't find any evidence of it. Right. And I, it was Christmas time, so I spent uh, all of Christmas. Um, Reese went back home, and um, I spent all of Christmas on my own in um, in Germany, uh, in Castle, in a hospital uh, bed, thinking I'd had a heart attack right. at twenty five. And I remember the vicar came round on Christmas Day. It was the bleakest Christmas day <laughs> I've ever had, and the vicar came round with a present. And it was a, a, a beige towel. <laughs> it was wrapped up. <laughs> so I opened it, I got a beige towel. We didn't want to waste the good presents on you. We don't think you're going to be here for much longer. <laughs> exactly. And I remember watching Ghost um, in German, German language Ghost, uh, on the TV on Christmas Day. Um... Anyway, eventually I said, look, I want to I go back. You know, this was about the 28th, 29th of December. I said, I, I, I want to go back. I feel fine. I didn't feel any, anything wrong with me. And I had to sign a form saying I was releasing myself. Right. And that if anything happened to me on the aeroplane, it was my, yeah. my fault. So that was pretty terrifying, signing oh. that piece of paper and getting on the aeroplane and taking off. And then your heart is just going like crazy. 
I got back here, went to St. Bart's uh, in London, and they said, no, you've not had a heart attack. <laughs> uh, don't mention it to the Daily Mirror, because <laughs> they'll do a big spread where it's a big headline. But um, I don't know what he was. You can have flu that gives you the same symptoms, sure. you know. So, uh, touch wood, I am going strong for Good. now. Good, yeah. So, well, I'm glad, I was glad. To, I mean, you know, that it would have been, um, you know... So, did that make you think, oh, you know, I'm... Maybe I should be careful. Did you think, oh, I didn't have it, I'm fine, I'll just carry on. No, I did, yeah. I, 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 I was pretty healthy for a while. Yeah. And then I went to, on a holiday to Thailand yeah. and wasn't very healthy. <laughs> and first time ever I took magic mushrooms. Have you had magic I've mushrooms? Had, I had magic, I've only had them once in uh, the Glastonbury Festival. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite something. It's weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if, if stealing chewits and being accused of that <laughs> made me feel uncomfortable, yeah. then being told I was taking drugs, yeah. he, albeit in an omelette. Um, <laughs> but I think I had this kind of, fuck it, I nearly died. Uh, <laughs> I nearly died in Germany. I'm going to have this omelette with, yeah. with magic mushrooms, and I when, didn't like it. When I had them, I was at Glastonbury, and we were at a world music stage... And uh, nothing. I, I was eating them and I think, oh, is this all right? There's nothing happening. I make this little buzz like you know, marijuana or something. I didn't think it was much. And then they were banging these drums, and then the drums became like my heartbeat. My heart. So it would have been the absolute worst thing if this happened to you. And I thought, fuck. And I really panicked because the drums were my heartbeat. Uh, and then I was taken somewhere like a bit quieter by because I'd had way too many of these things. And so I remember being very enchanted by the candlelight on a blackboard for quite a while. Okay. Then I went outside and I was lying down and it was like the sky was the sea and I was flying still above. It was quite, it was quite nice. Okay. And then I looked over and then I could see the devil masturbating. <laughs> like... It was like a really big cock. Really and big? Then, and then I realised it was just someone stroking the arm of their girlfriend, but it was... <laughs> but he went, for a while, he was the devil. So, all in all, five out of ten, I would say. For, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't, yeah. I haven't... That's the only time I've ever done any hallucinogens. Uh, and I know I wasn't very much into drugs. No, me no, neither. No. Don't do it, kids. Yeah, be, be like me and Steve. You can be cool like us. <laughs> like, I genuinely feel this, and this is like the most middle-aged old man thing you can say. I've been eating like very healthily for the last two months. I've been eating a lot of vegetables, and it's given me the most incredible high. And I'd like to go out to all the kids taking drugs in the street and say, just eat some vegetables. <laughs> if you stop eating junk food and eat vegetables, you all feel this amazing high. I thought you were going to say it's given me the most incredible erection. <laughs> no, it, it hasn't done that. I'm, I'm 56. It still takes a while to get one of those now. I mean, I miss those. I miss the days when it was... Yeah. Yeah. Straight up like an iron. It was bang, board. it was gone, and now... No. It takes a lot of work to get that thing going. And there's not, you know... I mean, I might, it's only running on one ball as well, so, you know, there's not, there's not much. It's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> Enjoy, so I'd say to young kids, eat vegetables and make the most of your erect penises. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fact that they could get, you know, do you remember when they just came straight back up again, more or less? You oh, could God, go, yes. You could just go... <laughs> like, now I've got to wait at least a day, don't you? A day? Yeah. At least. Fortnight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, miss the, I miss those days. Uh, look, it's been uh, lovely to have you on and again. It's absolutely terrific to see you. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and this feels like a, 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 a sketch by you guys. Uh, are you ever confused for the Steve Pemberton, who is the chief people officer of Work Human? <laughs> have you ever uh, heard of this guy? Yeah, I've uh, heard of this guy. Yeah. He's, he's quite an inspirational speaker, I, I believe. I think he is, yeah. Um, he's so... the chief... Chief People Officer yeah. of Work Human. It just sounds like <laughs> it actually sounds like sort of Charlie Brooker. Thing yes. I'm, I'm the Chief People Officer of Work Human. Yeah, uh, but yeah, go on. Yeah, what do you know about Steve Pemberton? Well, his photo would often uh, appear in you know when you you, you know uh, your name is Googled by yes. somebody. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and they you're looking over their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And there's lots of images of weird, weird characters. And then you get this other Steve Pemberton encroaching. And for a while, he was one of my main uh, pictures. Right. Um, So I took him out. Um, He's he's not at work human anymore. (laughs) No, I've not come across him. I think he's written a couple of books. um, And I think he was an orphan. And I think he's written a lot about uh, inclusivity in the workplace and diversity. So... Good on him. I've done my bit here. He's done his bit in the States. I might get him on. Get him on. Would you mind if I get him on and just bill him as Steve Pemberton and put your picture? Because I don't think he'll sell any tickets. (laughs) But then I should just do that with with everyone famous. Just find, just find, you know. I was going to say Robin Williams. That's probably not the best. That's probably not the best. (laughs) That was the people might see through that one. No, you know, imagine. Well. If I, if, I've, been, I've been there before, but uh, imagine if he just, if I got him. Are there was, are there other herrings with with Richard as? The yeah, there is a Richard yeah. Herring shoe shop in uh, we used to drive past on our way to, from Cheddar to Strat somewhere between Cheddar and Stratford upon Avon when we went on a school trip to to, to see Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. We would drive past Richard Herring shoes. Wow! And everyone on the bus would sing Richard Herring shoes, Richard Herring shoes. <laughs> and I th- I, there are a lot of Herring shoes. Yeah, so I buy it. I've got a I've got a, 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 a a toilet bag with herring and a sort of crest on it that's from herring shoes, so it looks like it's my. Yeah, it's quite clever. Uh, so there are there are a couple of Richard Herrings. There's an economist called Richard J Herring. There's quite. I'm Richard K Herring. If Dave Gorman hadn't done it already, I might try and do sort of the 26 Richard A, <laughs> Richard B, yes. Richard C. Just find them all. There was a guy who actually I was I've forgotten about this, but when I was reading my book the day before I went in for my um, my operation. I was just Googling... So I was looking over the shoulder of someone who was Googling no. me. <laughs> and, and, a, and a dead Richard Herring came up who was doing a... But he was, they were doing a just-giving sort of thing for this guy who died and had been in education. No. And so, like, the night before I went into this thing, I sort of said to everyone, hey, look, it'll be... And they were raising money to, put, to send kids in, uh, you know, depraved, deprived areas to college. And I sort of said, just a bit of fun, I said, hey, look, there's another Richard Herring and let, why don't we try and raise some money for this other Richard Herring's charity? Yeah. And everyone, like, put in the money and they kind of raised, the, they hit their target. It was, you know, so Richard Herring's, we stick together, Richard Herring's. I don't yeah. know, you and Steve Pemberton don't seem that close. But me, <laughs> especially if one passes, if you, put, if you set up a Google search for yourself, every now and again someone passes with your name. There is a, a jazz drummer... And, and an estate agent in America, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. You've really looked into this. They, they are. Dave, <laughs> I don't think either of us are going to challenge Dave. Dave Gorman did well. To, Dave Gorman's a good name to do it with because mm. there are enough Dave Gormans. But it was a good idea. Have you done the thing where you you send some spit off and you get your DNA? I, do, I have done, yeah. So what's your uh, ethnicity? I am what? so um, British that it's uh, British and Irish. I think there's a lot. I'm, I'm a lot from the northeast. Uh, which is, I think, is a, I think it's pretty Viking in there. Yeah, I got about seventy percent Scandinavian, Did you, yeah. and I got a little bit of Italian, like five percent. I got a little bit of Italian. That's, that's the stealing the chewits bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> um, and and the rest, yeah, uh, Celtic and but yeah, loads of Scandi stuff. Yeah. yeah, you look a bit like a Viking tonight. Well, I do. You know, I've grown, I've grown the hair a little bit. I haven't yeah. had my hair cut all yet. Give it a try, Steve. See what happens. Okay. Look, Steve, as always, thank you for coming. If you'll come back every 11 years uh, yep. on the dot, yeah, <laughs> I'll book you in for, no, for October. Do you think you're going to make another 11 years? I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to make another no, I'm 11 years. Sure no, I'm not no, sure about that. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> we're, we're, if we're both dead. If one of us is dead, the corpse of that dead person <laughs> and the real person, if both yeah. of us are dead, two corpses. I'll just send in a beige towel. Okay. <laughs> Lay it on the chair. The lemsips are kicking in. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's worse than magic mushrooms. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up. The incredible Steve Pemberton! Thank you very much. Hang around for next week. We're doing a book club. Thank you. You have been listening to Rallister with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Steve Pemberton. It's Scant Regard on the old piano there playing this music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you also to Chris Evans, not that one, and Ben Evans, not that one, and all of the crazy team who put together this lovely show. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Lovely to be back. Uh, this is the Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Fuzz the Stripe.com production. And thanks to Kathleen McKeegan as well for all her research. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash Ballback slash tour or richtang.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.